0: Hey everybody and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here and I'm excited to invite my friend Emily Copeland to the show today to talk about her new book, Starving the Fairy Tale." Hey Emily. Hey Em, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. I think we are of this generation where everyone is named Emily and then it skipped like 20 years and then it happened again.
1: (laughs) It did. Yes. Because I remember as a kid thinking. You know, people would say, "Oh, Emily's the most popular name." And at the time, I really wanted my name to be like Amy or Heather or something really cool. But you know, yeah, I, I, right. <laughs> Emily is great. <laughs> I appreciate it now.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you so much for joining us today. And I reached out to Emily a couple of weeks ago because I very quickly just devoured her new book, "Starving the Va- the Fairy Tale," because I think it is so relevant and important for women and just culture today and especially those of us raising kids just understanding what the messages are and how we combat them with real truth so i think the best way to get started emily is for you to first of all tell us what is how would you define fairy tale and then i'd love to go into some more background about how you arrived at the place of writing this book
1: yeah, that's a, a great question. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the book. Um, I, I've said from the very beginning that this book is, my prayer is that it becomes a conversation starter um, internally, yes, but also with um, those around us. And so um, I'm just excited to continue talking about it, bringing it up, kind of exposing what the message is. But you know that fairy tale ultimately is this idea that more of self is gonna satisfy, and that's really where um, the book was birthed. Um, you know, kind of just trying to navigate relationships that I had in my own life that seemed to be so self-focused and and seemed to be kind of taking on this trendy idea that there's this self-discovery journey that we all need to go on in order to figure out who we are, what our purpose is. Um, and, and ultimately, what is the value that we bring to the world around us? And unfortunately, so many of those relationships were leading directly, um, you know, deeper into uh, this idea of self and um, mm-hmm. how, how good we are, what we, we have to offer. And, um, you know, it was almost like we just kind of kept, I kept seeing women going in the wrong direction. You know, as a mm-hmm. Christ follower, we know that our job and our our privilege of our life is to follow Jesus and to become more like Him and less like ourselves, um, and to really turn away from our our sin nature and our human nature. And so, to watch so many women, you know, kind of taking on more of that that human nature um, was was tough. And I think we've all seen it. That's not something that's you know uh, that only a few people notice. I think in our culture now, it it's everywhere. You know, we we see um, the the messaging and. the the marketing that is for us, um, designed for us. And, um, it, it can be a little overwhelming, uh, especially when we start to see women, um, who follow Jesus, who kind of start dabbling in the messaging. And that's really where the book kind of originated from too, was, um, watching women within the church, starting to say a lot of the messages that we saw in culture or see in culture that are, you know, living your best life and owning your own truth. And a lot of these, mm-hmm. these things that are very, we, we kind of just throw around um, and, and then to hear that coming out of the mouths or the, you know, seeing that on the, the Instagram posts of, of women who follow Jesus, it, it didn't settle well, but, but I, I just begged God that he would reveal, Hey, why is this not settling? Well, what is it that we need to say about it? How do we have the conversation together in a way where we get to learn together And it's not, you know, calling out somebody's, um, you know, lack of judgment on a social media post, but it's, hey, what do we need to know here? What is God inviting us into? Uh, What is the truth that that exists here uh, versus the lie that culture or the enemy is trying to to say? So all of that to say is the book was birthed out of those relationships. um, And God gave me, he kind of prompted me to write a book years before I knew what the topic would be. Uh, and I knew, hey, writing a book is a, a huge undertaking. And so I wanted to make sure that it was exactly what he needed me to talk about. And it wasn't the book I planned or ever thought I would write, to be honest, because right. of how tough the topic is. Um, but, you know, God was very clear, uh, you know, hey, we're not going to write just a book of, you know, just to encourage women to love Jesus. it's We're going to tackle a tough topic and and make sure that you know, we all understand who is the real hero of, of our story through that. So um, yeah. yeah, it's been a very interesting ride. Well, <laughs> and just to get us all on the
0: kind of in the space of, of these messages that we're talking about, which is often where I think things start. And I, I'm i excited for you to talk to us about this, this, uh, wor- this uh, tailspin of a process that we can go through when we start um, really going through this focus on a self-discovery journey and, and I'm um, in your book, you talk about, you already mentioned a couple of them, but own your truth and you can heal yourself. Right. And yeah. you have to work on your heart yourself and yes. protecting our peace. And, and, just be you unapologetically and do more of what makes you happy. Right. And your feelings are the most important of everything. And, you know, you can do anything you want, just do, do uh, what's important to you. And on the surface, these all sound like encouragement, right? That sounds like, Oh, you know, that's, that's great. That's great that I'm sharing my friend that with my friends. But when we truly are in Christ and we're, we're, seeking to live by his word like he actually flips all of that on its head and that that true peace and that true true encouragement and uh truth seeking that we actually are looking for for that place that will heal us and will fill us and will help us to feel satisfied is actually denying all of these things (laughs) you use this whole book to lay it out and I just love how you give so many of, of your personal examples, but I, I want to talk about your process and writing the book and, and some of the, uh, some of the details around that. But I think for our, our listeners to understand kind of this, this process that we tend to fall into, and I don't think sure. most, this isn't a willing, like, okay, now I'm, I am going to turn myself into God. Like, I don't right. think anybody really starts there. But right. I'm with you in seeing friends within the church that are that are Christians fall prey to some of these messages. Uh, a lot of times, coming with some big life change. Sometimes good, yes. or sometimes negative. It can be both ways. Um, yep. And I would love for you to share with us kind of the highlights of this process that we can see happening, and maybe just define a little bit how you see those as you, as you define them in the book.
1: Sure. That's great. So, and I want to preface this too, by um, saying that my experience and one of probably the hardest parts of, you know, the last probably five years of my life, six, seven years of my life uh, was walking through a season of really debilitating migraines. And I know that you've talked about that, um, about headaches and things on your, on the podcast, which is so important. Um, but for me that, that season of migraines really was, um, a very interesting time where I was confronted with the fairy tale big way. And I think that that was probably one of the times where I was most susceptible to it and found myself really questioning, like, Hey, could this be the right way? Could more self-discovery and more unpacking and trying to figure out what, what is best for me and, and, um, how self how much of myself that I need in this healing process, that was a really kind of a a wake up call. And it all started with my migraine journey. And so as I was seeking help, uh, I was looking for it uh, just anywhere I could find it because I just wanted relief. I was looking at 15 or, or even more migraines a month where I was out of commission. I wasn't even able to work. Um, It was very, a really difficult season for our family. And so um, for me at that time, again, seeking, healing. I was looking and all I was looking for any kind of healing. Was it food? Was it my lifestyle? Was it environment? Was it stress? You know, I, whatever it, it was, I was trying to find the answer to. So I started with self care practices, which were healthy of trying to change my diet and things that are important and necessary to our our well being. I started there where it was like, okay, I've got to start making these these changes. Um, and then it, the more that I went though, because I was in a very, I'd say tender place of my life where I was very, um, I was open to anything. I, let's just put it that way. I was open to anything because of the the amount of pain that I was in. And it was really a, a tough time. So uh, I started with just self-care practices, which were good, but that that did, I did begin kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, what does all of this mean? What, what, how much deeper do I have to go? How much more, you know, exploring do I need to be doing to figure out how to find healing? And Mm -hmm. as a Christian, somebody who's grown up in the church and who, who loves Jesus and who wants to honor him, I still struggled because I thought, okay, I must, I must be doing something wrong. It must be my responsibility. It all falls on me. I've got to figure it out. And if I have the strength to do it, you know, I'll just keep digging and figuring it out and and try and see, you know, how much more can I take on and change of myself. And so uh, I, within the book, I originally actually had written the book with this self-discovery pathway or journey as that was going to be the book. So each step of the self-discovery journey that I, I laid out in the book, so just going to be a chapter each, you know, so it would start with self-care. And that journey is, it starts with self-care, on to self-discovery, then to self-love, then to self-acceptance, on to self-reliance, and then eventually self as God. And those were each going to be a chapter because I thought, this is where we're at. We may not know where we're at on this self-discovery journey. We may be at the very beginning. We may be in the middle. We may unknowingly be at the end. um, And we may need rescue, (laughs) you know, Um, but I, I knew that I needed to lay this out because we don't find ourselves like you mentioned we don't find ourselves sitting on the own, the, uh, the throne of our own life by accident um, it, it's a process and it's a journey and it doesn't happen overnight and so within the book I thought okay I need to equip women and give them um, a starting point let them know hey here's where it could potentially start um, and then here's where it will lead to if it's left unchecked and without pursuing the lord first and foremost this can this journey can just unwind to the place where we end up as self as god but i started with self care because it has to start somewhere and i mm-hmm. prefaced in the book i tried to make it very clear in the book self care is not a bad thing you know i wanted right. i want the reader to understand Self care and us taking care of the body that God has given us and and honoring that temple is is incredibly important. So where does it go wrong with self care? Well, with, when self care ends up becoming such a ritual thing in our life that we depend on the self care instead of Jesus, and then we mm-hmm. we start turning that dependence on self care and those daily rituals or practices or medicines or um, you know outlets or whatever, um, that then puts us in positions us to this space where we're going, okay, well, this is good. I've got, I've got some control over my life. I I'm able to take care of myself. So what does that mean? Is there more to me that I need to discover to unpack, to see how good I am and what I'm capable of. And that's mm-hmm. where culture is naturally going to say, yes, you need to know the what you have to offer and the greatness that is within you. And you need to start unpacking that for your own sake uh, because so that you know how great you are. And that self-discovery journey um, starts to turn into self-love because we realize, wow, I'm capable of a lot. And despite my failure and despite my past, I am a very lovable person and I love myself. And I'm going to, because we value love as the highest value in our culture. And so culture is going to say, we have to love yourself first yes. <laughs> before you can do anything else, right? We hear that over and over. And even Christian women, um I actually did um, uh, some research ahead of the book and, and asked um, women, a group of women, hey, Christian women and, and non-believers. And I said, hey, what do you think of when you hear that term self-love? And the overwhelming majority, Christian women included, had came back and said, well, self-love means that you need to love yourself in order to love God and to love others, and so that that response was okay. It challenged me because I said, "Okay, well, where do I fall in this? What do I believe about that?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ultimately coming to the conclusion that it we we can only love ourselves when we understand who God is and how He's created us and the purpose that He's placed on our life, um, and we we are called and privileged to love Him first. And to love others, and a byproduct of that is that we we understand as created beings the just the magnificence of God in what it took to create us uniquely and purpose and for a purpose. And so, um, you know, for us to to know that uh, we don't have to love ourselves first in order to love anything or anybody else, we get to love God first, and all of that comes naturally as a byproduct. But
0: Right, and and I would argue that on that note, that um, a, a true understanding of loving ourselves from a, a, a biblical perspective can only be accomplished when mm-hmm. we truly experience the love of God, because otherwise, it's going yes. to be this manufactured love, right? That is very similar to culture yes. that serves me only when it serves me. Cause, cause really that's what we define love as, as a culture is things that serve me well and make yes. me feel good about myself. And then when that no longer serves me, then I dispose of it. Or, you know, we, we get divorced or I, in this relationship, yes. or I'm not friends with this person or I stop doing this thing or whatever, when it quote no longer serves me, which is another Major thing, and and that's really how culture defines love: is how does this serve me? And if we're if we are always, you know, so focused on that that that's how we're defining loving ourselves. Well, we're going to be in a place of turmoil in our entire lives because that will never stand. So I would argue that yes, this thing we're defining love is not accomplished. The only way we can understand. The love that is poured into us, with the purpose to then be poured out, is through who God is, who Jesus is, His ultimate sacrifice, the fact that we were, um, you know, created by Him, and that He wants to to use us for His purposes. And yes. that he he values us so much that he wants to use us even though he doesn't need us like that is a true yes. self love right and but that is yes. so countercultural I mean I know there's people that would probably punch me in the face if I said that to them <laughs> <laughs> sure but, yes but it's so true and and we we get it backward and it's it's kind of that daily die to self that's so mm. important because we we can't live in culture unless we completely disengage from it, which is also not what we're called to do and not some, we we are going to hear these messages. So we've got to know what to do with them. Right. So it's that constant putting off the old self, putting on the new self every single day. Right. And so, sorry, I just wanted to pause there because that just came to my mind. I'm like, wow, we get this so backward, you know, what, how we define self love is so not just defeating but detrimental destructive I think it's destructive yes. because it doesn't stand it can't we can't stand on that we can't stand that's not solid ground anyway sorry please that's continue
1: right. <laughs> I love it no I I that's preaching right there I love it just because it, it's so true and you know especially working in the the health field of you know is so important to understand that because um you know again culture and and the people around us in, in the world around us are going to have, they're going to have a remedy for everything,
0: mm-hmm. every single
1: thing that is wrong in our lives, whether we, you know, if we don't like ourselves or we don't like our bodies or we don't feel good, culture has a remedy for everything. The enemy has a remedy for everything, but it's right. never going to lead us towards God. It will always lead us towards ourself. And we know that in the end, Uh, life lived for self is there's destruction that we, we will not find the freedom and the wholeness that we are created to know in Christ and in God alone. And so um, absolutely. I think, you know, we, we do have to start thinking more critically about self-love and all of these messages that we're hearing, just like you said, because the world will spin it in the opposite direction because it only knows a one direction towards love. And it's not the love of God. It's the love of self and Um, so to be mindful of that is so important. And that's the whole point of the book really was, okay, let's, let's become aware. Let's expose the enemy for who he is and what he's saying and the lies that exist so that we can see them, we can identify them, and then we can hold those lies up to the light of truth. And what is, what does God say about us? What does he say about love? And, and he does invite us into, I mean, the greatest love story of all time is with, with him and to know the love of God and um, the love of the father. So absolutely. And so, you know, moving along on that journey is we move from self love then into self acceptance, which is, is obviously a huge uh, cultural um, buzz word at this point. Mm -hmm. It's been for a while is, is self acceptance. And so um, you know, what does that look like for the christian when we understand we've been given the truth that hey we were all born in sin and we naturally our natural bent is to sin and so knowing that to accept the sinful human nature of ourselves is is not to accept the truth and the love and the light of of god and redemption that he offers and so we have to understand when we're talking about self-acceptance who is at the end of that? Who's on the other side of that? Is that are we accepting God as who he is and who he's created us to be and understanding our role as creation and in um in reference to the creator and God our creator? Is that self-acceptance as in I'm I'm accepting myself as the highest authority, as the one I can trust, the one who's in control? Um, and so really evaluating that because more that we learn to love ourselves then we can start to spiral into that self-acceptance and then to self-reliance because at this point now we've chosen that to accept ourselves in all of our mess and all of our you know the good things about us but the mess that we also carry um and so we've accepted ourselves now now we believe the enemy has convinced us that we can handle life on our own That there is no god there's no deity there's no Higher power um, that is is capable of doing what we can do for ourselves, and that's where it gets really, really dangerous. Because the very last and next step is we find ourselves in this position as self as God, and um, you know the Bible talks about how we're handed over to our our sinful nature when we we become our own God, and we you know are there, and and that is our our end point, and we choose to live in that, and when God is calling us to something so much greater to know him and to know the truth and to walk in the truth and the light. And it, it, it means casting aside ourself and putting on, you know, the, the nature of God and, in Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. that's the journey. It's a, it's, you know, and I think that each woman can find herself like, my, like myself in writing the, the book was, I know that I've been on all of these, I've been on each of these stages. I've been on each path and, I mean, the only path that, uh, is worth living is the one where I'm not the center of attention. I'm not the focal point of my life, but that Mm -hmm. God is, um, because he can do so much more than I, I ever could. And I get to rest in him because when we're following self and we're chasing this, this self-discovery journey there's so much work involved and it's constant work and it's exhausting and it's just, you, you never, you think the line you're, you're there at the line, but the line moves and it moves again. And then you think, you know, you work harder and you change your, your rituals or your, pursuit or you know what what you think is is um, worthy and it just continues to move because the enemy can promise a hundred percent but he doesn't know how to give a hundred percent he is not God himself he is the enemy mm-hmm. and he's Satan and so he can only deliver 75 maybe 75 percent of what he can promise on and so the world is is living that that life of you know okay I, I'm promised a hundred percent if I follow myself and I I you know, pursue my own passions and I live for myself, but they're never going to get there a hundred percent because only with God can we find true freedom and wholeness. So, and, and I think there's so much driving
0: that, that sense of control, especially as women too, um, that we feel so, um, that we must hold on to it so tightly and that we will, will grasp for anything that we feel that we can control. And we're very, um, Offended by anything that challenges that, and I think mm. that's one of those other things that comes in. Um, and and I think when we when we realize that we that part, and I think it's interesting because I think we we compartmentalize a lot, and I yeah. think that there's there's there are probably places in our lives that where we might be able to identify every part of this journey. Um, mm. And yeah. and those ones that we're literally not willing to give up control, it's like, well, Ugh. if we're not willing to give up control in an area, then that means that we're making ourselves God in that area, which means that yes. we need, that there's a a a need for repentance and and clinging back to Him with whatever that that is. So, because um, yes. we, I think it's important to look at this big picture and. And in all, of, we're so multifaceted, right? And in all of the areas and struggles in our lives, um, I want to ask you, yes, uh, and and for me, one thing that really resonated in the book, and you talk about this early on, which is what really got me sucked in in a good way, <laughs> yes. is your personal struggle with um, an eating disorder. And yeah. I, I mean, it was like, I mean, my experience was different as far as what, you know, the details of what that looked like, but sure. everything that you wrote about the um, emotional turmoil and just the desire to, first of all, look a certain way. And then secondly, to like, then just please get, I just want all this. I just want to be normal around food. Right. I just want to be normal. And, um, and you know, for me that journey back to that journey to wholeness. Oh, well, that's my dog, um, was, was (laughs) really, really long and challenging and, um, And, but just the words that you spoke, I was okay. Well, that's Maisie. She's our new puppy, and she clearly has her own voice. Um, Yes. Anyway, it was just, it was a very long, difficult journey for me. And I just so was just appreciative and just kind of stuck on what you, how you shared, because I just felt like my own emotions oozing off the pages. So yes. I much appreciated that part and, um, you know, your journey to healing, but that in that you, uh, you went through many of these phases as did I, and yes. Um, yes. it's something that in certain situations, and it's mostly when, other people are very triggered by things around food and that kind yeah. of thing i can find myself i start paying a lot of attention like oh what are they doing mm. why and i've right. had to really that's the moment where i have to be like nope i'm out and god doesn't want me in that like i know that i need to just stay far away from that and that yes. that to me is that godly self awareness too like what is he brought you out of that, you know, you've got to have those solid boundaries around too. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. And if there's anything you want to share about that journey, I would love for you to share that too.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. Because when I was writing the book, I actually didn't write any of my own personal stories into the book. And my writing coach was like, Hey, so um, (laughs) you're gonna have to write some stories. Because you know, you want to share and connect with your audience and, and make sure that they understand that, you know, you know, the struggle of this. And I said, I do know the struggle. And he said, okay, but show us like, show yeah. us what what was that struggle. And so I, I man, I dug deep and I wrote it out and he goes, nope, you gotta give me more, you gotta give me more. And I said, are you <laughs> sure? Cause I don't want to. And he said, Right. Like, no, I, you, you need to, you need to, he said, and he reminded me and he was a hundred, he was spot on is that women it's our our body image it, it impacts 100% of women there's not one woman who who doesn't truly care about i say how that we all the time feel. Mm-hmm. yep <laughs> there's not one you can't name one single woman um and so for me being able to share the story was was tough because i did share more than most people in my life even the ones close to me knew um mm-hmm. they didn't realize the struggle was so much but i i learned how to internalize it and hide it and try and cover it up but um god knew <laughs> he knew the struggle right. and he knew how how bad it was and how desperate i was um but I, and like i talked about in the book i would have given anything to hear a woman like there are women in culture today who would come to me and say hey you just need to love yourself the most and you need mm-hmm. to learn to love the skin you're in no matter what it looks like which i also would agree with to a degree you know that's that's very important that we do un- that we un- love ourselves as the created knowing that we're never going to get it perfect and we're never going to feel 100%. so that's important but right. um i, I would have given at the time in that really dark season of just hating, I mean, truly hating in my body was really dark. And so I just remember thinking like, there's gotta be, is this it? Like, do I have to live with myself hating Mm. my, my body so much? Is this going to be, be it? And I would have given anything for somebody to, to convince me that, um, if I loved myself most, that that would cure it all, that I would be free and that I would find wholeness. Um, and thank the Lord that that wasn't my story because I'm telling you right now, I would have eaten it up. (laughs) I didn't have anybody in my life that was saying that. Um, Mm -hmm. but nowadays that's, that's the message of culture is no, 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 you alone have everything you need to love yourself fully to find freedom from, you know, self hate and self this or that. So, um, and and, and mm -hmm. I was just going to say self-acceptance
0: and self-love Generally, what we're encouraged by from culture is, is not, doesn't include any level of accountability either to understand, okay, you know, I can love myself where I am right now. However, God is not, does not want to leave me here and I'm not in a perfect place and, and acceptance and approval have become synonyms and they're not, that's not what was, was, that's not what God's word teaches in, in anything, right. um, because right. none of us left to our own devices, no matter how holy we may, might be, no matter how, um, how long we've been walking with the Lord. Like we, we still don't need approval. Nobody needs right. that. That's not going to be helpful in our, in our spiritual journey, our spiritual walk. And, yes. um, but, but, and I think that's another thing is, is acceptance, acceptance, and approval are not the same thing. Um, we know right. that yes, he accepts us right where we are, but he doesn't want to leave us there. And it's yes. That, and culture is never. That's never going to be the message. And yeah. if it is, it's going to be oh well, you're great where you are, but you could do one, two, and three yeah. to you know rise to the next level, right? Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm.
1: yes, amen. I, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so we have to we have to about okay what is our where's our pain, pain, pain point in life whether it's our body image whether it's a, a, you know migraines or a season of of health issues whatever that looks like we have to start thinking critically about okay where is my pain point meeting culture and what am i allowing in um you know, that, that says like, Hey, you, you've got control over this. You can handle this. You can find your own way out. And that's, that's, I think the biggest thing for, for me was, you know, choosing um, to follow the Lord. And he met me and, and if you read, when you read through the book, there's other dark seasons that I walked through that he mm-hmm. met me in the very, in the darkest places. And he showed himself and proved himself worthy. I mean, he's, he was everything I needed. I just didn't realize it. Um yeah. and so thankfully able to get along with him and he he was everything. I mean, he met every need, but it his presence alone was was what I needed. And so um, you know, we've got to start thinking critically about the messages because he wants to get us alone. He wants to do the work that culture promises they can do or that we can do for ourselves, but he's calling us to something so much deeper, so right. much greater with with the change that's actually going to change our heart and our soul and our mind it'll transform our life um and and that's what he's inviting us into and um you know that through the book i just wanted to at towards the end i took the the self care discovery journey and i i flipped it on its yes, you I, did. i, I said mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to leave it i can't leave it like what it is because we have to show um the the hope that we have in christ and how he transforms every pathway of that journey to where he's flipping things over so we can see him so that our life can be focused on him. And that the path that journey is, is not going in the opposite direction towards self, but that we're now set on a path, the narrow way towards God and towards the life and purpose that he literally created us for. We don't have to discover it. We don't have to find it. He sets it into motion the moment that we surrender our heart and our life to him. And so I wanted to make sure to end the book. Making sure everybody, the reader knows full and clearly who is the hero of our story. It's not going to be us. Uh, Culture says it is us, but it's not us. And
0: and as we, you know, as he heals us, as he is the one in the center, or maybe he doesn't. Right? Maybe as we Mm -hmm. find peace with wherever we are, or the the struggle, or the thing that maybe he isn't taken away. But when we're when we're when we are dependent on him, we still find that that peace that can only come from him and and in that he's the one that gets the glory not us right whether That's it's right. a part of our testimony and or if it's the even though this is where I am right um yes. so yes. last question um I wanted to ask you you know what what it what are you hearing from others that are reading this uh, any cool stories or responses from other women yes
1: yeah so I one of the coolest things to me is I, I've had, I I continue to have women come back and say, Emily, I'm seeing the fairy tale everywhere. Now I didn't notice it before, but I'm seeing it everywhere. I've had, um, girlfriends who, you know, follow Jesus and know Jesus who picked up a book and immediately recognized the fairy tale in the book and stopped reading. I've they've told me I put the book down. I'm not, I can't even read it. I see it now. I see the fairy tale all over, um, all over the place. Um, you know, and I see, I I've seen women in, um, I've actually had a couple conversations recently of women in, um, the health and fitness industry who've said, I didn't realize how much of the fairy tale I was actually teaching, uh, and leading out. And so God's really kind of the Holy Spirit's convicted me of how to make sure that my message is not pointing women back towards themselves, but, but pointing them to God and to their creator so that they can see themselves as he intends them to see themselves. And so that's been really cool is to, to see, um, you know, even leaders in the space going, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think a little bit harder about what it is that I've been doing and saying and teaching. Um, you know, and sometimes it's a, sometimes it's just, you know, Hey, I I posted something on social media that didn't, didn't fully align with truth. So maybe I just need to, you know, switch up my, my strategy, but other, you know, I've had others who had to make really big radical changes and so that's been that's been pretty cool um and in starving the fairy tale it's it's a pretty interesting talking point i had a um a girlfriend recently who was doing uh jury duty and she brought the book to jury duty and there was a girl that was sitting next to her and was reading a book that was like you know eight ways to manifest your dreams into reality or something along oh, lines well, yeah yeah So she just, she was, and she handled it so well to beautifully to where they actually have, um, they've been meeting for coffee. Uh, they were total strangers before that day. And and now they're meeting for coffee and talking about Jesus. And, um, she just was able to kind of bring up the book, you know, ask the, this girl about the book she was reading and said, Oh, I'm reading a book. That's that kind of has the similar, similar idea, but very different perspective. Right. (laughs) That that was genius. That was so good. Just because, yeah. we're we're not here to slam, slam information into people's faces. We're here to just illuminate the truth of, of who God is and the truth that we get to walk in um, and, and how turning from self and turning towards God is a life full of purpose and meaning. And so, um, so that's been kind of cool just to hear those different stories of. Um, Absolutely. You know, because yeah. yeah, putting this out there and
0: make, allowing yourself to be so vulnerable. And, you know, I always. Like I always say, God rewards obedience. We don't ever know what that's going to look like. Um, Sometimes, you know, those, the impact that just a few words or a simple message can have on someone else's life when we're, I like to say, meek yet bold are are so empowered and are so powerful as we um, walk through and, and we're all on this journey and we're all, It's a struggle. There's no arrival point, right? It's a constant. It's a constant sanctification and growth toward Him. And again, like I said earlier, it's a daily put off, put on. Um. (laughs) And and we we uh, and I'm just really grateful for the resource because I do think it's incredibly timely. And I am grateful to pass it along. In fact, I have um, one of my team members is actually going to lead a study through this with her girl, her women's small group this summer. I didn't tell you that yet, oh, but there we go. That's awesome.
1: So, yeah. Very Cool. Right? right? That's awesome. <laughs> so so cool.
0: anyway, tell us where we can find the book. Yep.
1: So it is exclusively right now on Amazon. So you can find it, find it there, type in Starving the Fairy Tale and, and that'll pop up.
0: So. Yes. I just love the title. It's, it's just so perfect and catchy. So well done on that too. (laughs) Um, anyway, thank you so much, Emily. Really appreciate, um, you putting this book out and for all of the, all of the growth and, and understanding that's hopefully going to come of it and appreciate you being with us today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Emily. This has been a great conversation and I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Me too. Take care.
1: All right. You too. Bye.